Well, good morning. It's, it's wonderful to be here this morning. It's such a, I'm really um, very excited to see what God is going to do here in this place. Um, who, I know that this is the first time that I've come to this congregation. Um, I think there's maybe a few people that know us who has never seen us before. If you, maybe you just raise your hand. Oh, man, that's awesome. So my name is Martin Janssen, and that's my wife, Joanne, standing there at the back with our son, Eden, who's seven months old, and we are here with our daughter, Ava, and we are serving the Lord together, and it's a great privilege for us to be here this morning. And, um, you know, in February last year, Lee contacted me via Facebook, and we kind of connected for a coffee and everything. And this morning, in a sense, is um, going to be fruit that's grown from that contact that um, we had. Because God is weaving our lives together in many different ways and on many different levels. And we won't even know what the impact of this morning will be five years from now. Um, but I believe that there's going to be a great impact. Amen. And so since last year, February, though I don't know you, I haven't seen you before, I've been thinking of you, praying for you. I've been uh, in contact with Lee. I've been in contact with ants. I've been in contact with other elders regarding this congregation. And um, there was no obligation on me to do that at all. Okay, nobody asked me to do it. Nobody said, Martin, like I'm not even anybody important. But yet something in my heart was drawn here. And God, by His Spirit, was starting to work already in me and preparing the ground for this morning. Amen. Makes me very excited. I mean, I can share like 10 little things of how God has already chorus. I sang um, on the couch this morning, like before 5 o'clock as I was worshiping and preparing. And the main song was sent to me like, two weeks ago or something like that, and ugh, just it all lines up. What I want to say is that this has been a congregation that's gone through quite a bit of a transition, um, transitioning from uh, Kingdom Church into Josh Jen, um, transition of leadership, transition of people, amen, and um, these times of transition uh, can be very unsettling times. I mean, I don't know who has experienced that. It's like you don't know what's going on. You feel like things are changing. You're not sure what the future looks like. Um, but I believe God uses these times, um, and it's one of His methods of actually taking us forward, of uh, bringing healing to us, restoration, freedom, um, because often when these transitions come, it exposes underlying things, deep things in our hearts and things in our minds, um, brokenness sometimes, insecurities, cracks, but also latent leadership potential. So I'm drawn to transitions because, one, I want to see people transition and go forward in God Obviously, congregations go forward to a place of health and growth and revival, but also people going forward, stepping up, stepping into what God has for their lives. Um, and that's what I believe God has been doing here. And what I felt this morning as I was praying for you, that God has deposited treasure here. And there's treasure in some of your lives. And that has not come forth yet. And um, the Lord wants that deposit that's in you to come out, to come forth. I mean, I felt specifically that here are sitting encouragers this morning and stabilizers. So some of you have the ability to come alongside tired, weary, weak, 
confused um, or anxious people and encourage them out of that place. Fan the flame of their faith to stabilize situations, stabilize your community, stabilize this congregation, stabilize areas where you may find yourselves. And some of you are evangelists, but you don't know it yet. I believe God is giving grace to reach people with His gospel. Amen. Who's the evangelist here? I've got one, two. Okay. And the rest of us? <laughs> Stabilizers. Just bring them in, guys. They'll stabilize. <laughs> Amen. I've come here this morning in the name of Jesus to shift this congregation. Take it forward. Amen. And I'm saying that because it's impossible for me to do that. I cannot, I mean, I can encourage a little bit and I can bring volume, but only God can shift. Amen. And um, I've, I'm somebody that's experienced that in my life, that I can be a certain way going into a meeting and leave the meeting different. Leave the meeting changed. Leave the meeting empowered. Leave the meeting transformed. Who's experienced that? I believe this morning is going to be more of that. So the title of my preach is Blood Washed and Spirit Filled. And um, since many people don't know me, I felt to just come and simply share a bit of my testimony and the testimony isn't anything because of me, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the promises of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I'm like a foolish thing. I'm an example of what can happen when we come into a place like this and experience the power of the kingdom of God. Something happened in me, something happened for me, and then things started to happen through me. And just because of that, that is the main reason why I live the way I live, do what I do, say what I say. It's what compels me, it's what, it, what drives me, it's the main motivation of my life. So I'm didn't come here to say, I'm an elder, so listen to me because I'm an elder. Or I'm part of Josh Jen, so you have to listen to me because I'm part of Josh Jen. Or you have to listen to me because my name is Martin and people have an idea of who I am or what I am. But I've come here as a witness of a kingdom. And this kingdom is very powerful. Everywhere I go, I talk about the kingdom of God. Because in that place, that's the place where the Holy Spirit comes and breathes life, bears witness. Amen. I do not believe that God Almighty, King of everything, Creator of all, expects us to just sit in meetings, read a book. And just believe like that. It's not realistic to me. I believe that there has to be evidence. That our faith is not in vain. That we are in the truth. That we are in the light. And that we are in the kingdom of God. Amen. There has to be proof that the kingdom is real. Because you cannot touch the kingdom. You cannot say the kingdom is there. We do not see the blood of Jesus. I don't believe anyone here has ever seen His blood. You cannot see the Holy Spirit. But yet I'm coming here this morning saying that His power is being poured out in the world and in our church. And there must be evidence of this. 
must be the evidence of God's power in our midst. Because if there isn't, then, then we just join the queue of all the other religions and the other faiths in the world. Because everybody has a book and everybody has a story and everybody has a prophet and everybody has a God. But I believe we have to see the evidence that what we believe is true. Amen. And I would come here as a witness first and foremost... And the things that I share, and I'm going to share scripture first and then a little bit of my testimony. But I ask that you don't see Martin in all of this, but that you see Jesus. Amen. And don't for one minute think that I'm some type of special person or different or different from you in any way. I'm not just a normal person. Encountering a supernatural God. And what's possible for me is possible for every person here. Because it's got nothing to do with me but the faithfulness of God. Amen. And I want us to see with the eyes of faith and take hold this morning. Because when we do that, we shift. Amen. The congregation shifts. We get transformed and empowered. And then we can go into the world. I want us to read from Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. I don't know if you guys do long scripture readings here. But I'm going to read the whole chapter, if that's okay. If it's not okay, it doesn't matter because I'm in the front. <laughs> I'm reading this in the first person because I've experienced... And this is all of our experience before coming to Jesus. And in coming to Him, something happens to us. And we were all dead in our trespasses and our sins, in which we once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I was a son of disobedience. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, and by grace we have been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of our works. So that none of us may boast. For we here are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And therefore remember that at one time we were called the uncircumcision by those who were called the circumcision. So I believe we are all Gentile believers here. And the Jews previously would call us the uncircumcision because we were not part of the promise. Remember thus that at one time we were separated from Christ. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus we, who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That was the first word I heard when I thought about the sermon. We were far off once. But by the blood of Jesus, we have been brought near, or can be brought near in this meeting. For He Himself is our peace 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came to you and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, we are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being our cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you, Durbanville Central, are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by his Spirit. Amen. Now I'm very thirsty. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? Man, people get tired of church and meetings, but if we experience, encounter, and understand that contained in that portion of Scripture, we'll understand we'll worship Him forever and ever and ever. It will never stop eternal life with Jesus one day. When lost, did these things take our breath away? When lost, did we lose our voice in awe and wonder of who God is and who Jesus is and what He's doing in the earth? Sure. You know, I don't know if you use Facebook. I use Facebook a lot. And... Um, one of the features is these Facebook memories. So you get this day three years ago, this happened, and this day five years ago, that happened. And I still get the memories from 12 years ago. And I, I could see how broken I was. I was a, sh a shell of a human being. And... Um, I ended up here in Cape Town from Gauteng in the um, beginning of 2009. But in 2010, like everything I'd ever worked for, I'd lost. Uh, everything I'd put my trust in was taken away. Um, my parents' businesses were destroyed. Their marriage couldn't take the pressure of that, so that was... I disintegrated into nothing. Our whole family was torn apart and scattered. And um, by that time, I'd been using alcohol and tobacco for 18 years straight. I had um, experience in serious drug addictions for at least 10 years. And um, using things like cocaine and others. And I'd also experienced in the this life and addiction and brokenness and pain, moments of trying to come right. I don't know if that's even the right phrase. To change. Try to change. Oh, this life that i have living wasn't right. And I had enough experience of church when I was young to know that People disapproved of how I lived, the way I talked, what I did, what I lived for. I knew it was wrong in the eyes of Christianity and all of this. Um, but yet I was powerless to change my own life. I, I went to rehab three times. Um, got involved in 12-step programs from that. Um, 
became a leader in recovery groups. And what I saw there is nobody has the power to transform their own life. You can go to rehab every year and not be rehabilitated. You can sit in a meeting every night of your life and not be rehabilitated. Amen. There's no power there. And um, the Lord kind of brought a humbling over my life. Um, So after the loss of the businesses, the collapse of my parents' marriage, scattering rehabs and drugs and everything, in uh, 2008, I put my brother's off-road motorcycle into the side of a truck at about 120 kilometers an hour. Um, broke my back and damaged my foot. So um, my left foot is like this now. But I, I don't get the cool parking or anything like that. But f- friends and loved ones will mock me and make jokes because I'm an amputee. Um, so from then until now, constant pain, chronic, chronic, hectic back pain. Um, so this now, in 2010, this is the mess that I am. Like, my life is destroyed. I'm far from home. Businesses are gone. I'm unemployed. I'm so messed up. I needed to go to doctors, say, help me. I'm this, I'm that. I need this and that. Like, I can't sleep. I'm depressed. I need antidepressants and sleeping tablets. And... Um, I think one of the things that stands out for me is that I was a blasphemer. Um, I used to use the name of Jesus in vain every single day of my life. Probably more than any Hollywood movie that you can watch. I was lost and broken and lonely and depressed and crushed in spirit and far from God. Very far from God. And... um, you know, something started to happen. Like people started to come to me and say to me, Hey, Martin, come to church with us. Um, I'm like, no, thank you. No, I'm not interested in Christianity because I have grew up in a church where there was only condemnation, no life, no joy, um, no power. People would say, well, come to the bride with us or... We're having a community group. Come with to the community group. And um, I really wasn't interested because I was a spiritual person and I knew about spiritual things, but I wasn't interested in Christianity at all. Um, you know, and I actually ended up having friends that were in Josh Jen. So we would have these discussions where they tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> I just can't see that I'm wrong. They're they right. They are in the truth, and I'm wrong. So, like, there was no way to that argument for me because we were sitting smoking cigarettes together and drinking together, and they were telling me that they are right and I'm wrong. And I had better work ethic than some of them. But anyway, and uh, I love the fact that we remember the date this morning. So I had a little slip of paper in my Bible. It, it was in here. It's the only thing that I ever kept in there. And um, it's a little slip that said, what happened? It said, September 2010, saved what do you mean saved? Saved from what? What do, what do I do now? Read my Bible, pray. So at the end of a service, I was standing with my hands up. Just to reverse a little bit. I was sitting in this meeting and in worship, I was like watching people sing and sing to the roof and lift their hands to the roof and everything. And the lady got on the stage and she started singing the song saying, I'm coming like a hurricane fire. I'll never forget this. And as I'm looking at it, a skeptic unbeliever, like 
drawn to church against my will, basically, I saw this prophetic song being played out. And something in me realized that she'd never sung this before. And it wasn't rehearsed. And the band didn't work it out beforehand. But yet this beautiful prophetic song is being released over the congregation saying, I'm coming like a hurricane fire. And I'm like, what is that? And uh, after the service, I'm standing like this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they preached. I don't know why I stood. I don't know why my hand was up. And uh, a man came to me and he looked me in the eye and he said, your father has really broken your heart. But God is going to show you the father's heart. I'm like, this person has never seen me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. Another man, I don't know if you guys know Tony. He's leading City Ball PM now. Fiamingo. Tony Fiamingo comes to me. And Lord, we bless that service today, God. Where you're powerful in his congregation, I pray. He comes to me and he says, you have to give your life to Jesus. I'm like, what's that? I'm illustrating the point that I didn't have a clue. He said to me, no, no, pray after me like this. Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. Stock standard basic sinner's prayer. Some people even debate the scriptural validity of that. Close my eyes. Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. It's like the sun is shining through my eyelids. And I'm filled on the inside with this golden light. And I feel this warm, peaceful presence enter me here in my chest. And I feel I'm born again by the power of God. Like this, instantly. Jesus is alive. <laughs> really alive, for real. I don't think this, I know. The Bible is the only thing I can believe. Everything else is full of lies. See, instantly I know this. Church is the only way. It's where I belong. So in a moment of saying a prayer I didn't even understand, doing something I didn't know anything about, just following somebody else's words, the presence of God came into my life. He got my attention and He switched me on. And, um, man, everything else is just a response to that moment. I was so confused. I couldn't understand. I went through life, all of these things, searching all of these ways, all of these avenues, sitting in church my whole youth. I had three Bibles before I um, was 17 years old. Took ordinances. But nothing. Couldn't understand. How does that work? How can you do all of that? Receive a Christian upbringing, but not know God at all. Not experience anything. Now all of a sudden I wake up in the morning and I know that God is there. Even when I want to ignore that presence, even when I don't want Him to be there, even when I want to live in an, another way and do things that I always wanted to do, or used to do. I, just the one highlight from that September day in 2012, the people that did so much hard work and effort to evangelize me and witness to me and force me to come to church, 
you guys also have the saying, coffee in the back. Man, they were having coffee in the back, and Martin was getting blasted by the Holy Spirit, transformed from death to life. They missed the whole thing. Now, I want to just show my spiritual progression, remembering that we don't have any power within ourselves. People will try and teach you how to be powerful, and I don't follow that teaching because I know there's no power in me. I'll rather boast in my weakness so that the power of Jesus may rest on my life. So now I'm switched on. God, what? how does it work? God, why this? God, why that? God, why, where were you? Asking, seeking, knocking, needing understanding. So Lord, I never felt anything. Why didn't I ever feel anything? Separated from your sins, you cannot see my kingdom. What? I don't even know how that works. What does that mean? Somebody says to me, you must be baptized. So I was sprinkled when I was young, so kind of I had a theological issue with being dunked. And um, so I said, okay, you must be baptized, and it's the gathering on Sunday, so you have to get baptized at the gathering. I'm like, okay, I'm ex- believing everybody's experts now. So obviously on, on Saturday night, I go out and get hammered drunk. And I wake up with a massive hangover, and then I hear the hooter outside because they've come to pick me up for church, and now I have to get baptized, and I don't want to go to church, and my head hurts, and um, just, these people are too much. I wish they would leave me alone, actually. So I go to church, and I get baptized, and everybody's like, what did you feel? What did you feel? Did you feel anything? Like, no, I didn't feel anything. Was I supposed to feel something? And, um, but I realized my headache was gone. My hangover was gone. A few days later, I realized I supernaturally stopped swearing. I realized that I was delivered from my insomnia and my depression. They told me that I had a chemical imbalance in my brain because of 10 years of drug addiction and that I would need medication for the rest of my life. And also, if you use the medication, you have to wean yourself off in case I took the medication and I threw it away. The need to drink was gone. So... I said a, a prayer that somebody else told me to say. It wasn't even my own prayer. God's presence invaded my life. And then I got baptized when I didn't even want to get baptized. And God delivered me of five things, strongholds in my life. And, um, you know, I wish I could say that I abide the... Uh, and reminding the freedom not to drink, but I quickly slipped back into that thing. So I just saved September, baptized October, delivered already from some things, still smoking, I'm still drinking, and I went out New Year's Eve, and um, I used to get blackouts when I, in my youth. I used to call myself Martin Amnesia because... I wouldn't know how I got to places. Um, I'd start partying in one place and end up somewhere else, not knowing how I got there. And I had a blackout on this night, and I woke up the next morning, and I was in hectic shame and condemnation, and I felt defiled and filthy and worthless. And I felt like I'd taken the crown of salvation Jesus gave me and thrown it in the mud. You know, and I experienced a serious conviction of sin on me. But something else came on me on the back of that. It was a condemnation that was so hectic that I hated myself, actually. 
actually think I've blown it. You know, I need to give up. I can't live up to this standard of Christianity and all of that. But then I kind of realized that something special happened. God revealed himself to me. I felt something. I went, got baptized. I got set free from some things. I didn't believe Jesus would just cast me off because of that. So I made a commitment. I'd say, okay, Lord, for 40 days I will not touch alcohol at all. And so for 40 days I don't drink alcohol and I see this thing about the Holy Spirit. You know, these people are speaking in tongues and they are having spiritual gifts and all of these things. And, and I'm hungry. Like if there's a Holy Spirit, I want the Holy Spirit. If there's spiritual gifts, I want spiritual gifts. If people are getting healed, I want to see people get healed. If demons come out, all of these things, I want to see all the evidence that I can see that this is all true. I think I'm a bit dehydrated. So now I'm searching the scriptures and I'm part of the church and I'm God, where's this, where's that, where's the evidence? And... Um, but I wasn't free inside. I could feel something isn't right. And um, so January, no alcohol. And then somebody had a dream about me, about my life. And in the, it was revealed to me I had to destroy all my vinyl records that I still had from my DJ days. So I destroyed the records and I'm doing a seven-day fast. So the Lord sets me free. After 18 years of smoking, just like that, never smoke again. Seven days later, all the demons come out of me. So I go through this hectic moment of deliverance, and after that, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And two months after that, and then something very powerful happened to me, and it forever shifted my life. I don't often talk about this. But um, I felt the Lord is telling me to fast. I don't know if you guys fast in this place, but I'm this young Christian and I'm feeling oh, I must fast. And I'm asking people about fasting, like, how does it work? And no, 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 you mustn't talk about it. If you talk about it, you've lost your blessing and everything. And you must do it like this and like that and like Daniel and all types of different ways. And I, I read the scripture in Kings where Elijah fled from Jezebel. He went and he was discouraged and he slept under a broom tree. And the angel knocked him and woke him up and gave him some bread and some water and slept again and woke him up again. And the Bible says that he went in the strength of that bread 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Who's read that? In reading that scripture, I felt the Lord say, eat today, but tomorrow go 40 days. Six months Christian. And um, it took away my hunger just like that. I, I never got hungry. 30 days after that, I'm waking up in the morning so full of power, so full of life, so full of energy, so full of joy, so full of freedom. So full of faith. You know, there I started to realize that there's a power. It's not our power, but it's there. And it totally transformed my life. Never ever been the same since then. And everywhere I go, I'm sharing the same basic message. In the blood of Jesus, all of these things happen. We receive mercy. We are brought near. We are reconciled. We are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are delivered. Every curse is broken off of our lives. We get promises, promise of the Holy Spirit, promise of His power coming to be in us and with us. Amen.
If you have experienced this, let me tell you, I can't choose the way I want to live anymore. I don't even have rights. I don't even choose where I want to go. Just like, go here, go there. Do this, do that. I wish I could say I was 100% obedient, but I'm not. But, for instance, um, who know of the congregation in Kailicha? So, my wife was eight months pregnant when we heard that we need to go plant there with Lovemore and Laura. Now it's like newborn baby and a township. Like, how does that work? But we say, yes, Lord. Doesn't matter what it is, yes, Lord. Always, yes, Lord. Because we want to see His kingdom advance. And what I live for is for people to encounter what I've encountered, to experience what I've experienced, to experience reality. I think we must get to a place where we study the Word, we preach the Word, and we, we do all everything that we do. But we have to say, Lord, evidence. God, evidence. Where are you, Lord? Where is your presence? Where is your power? We need proof. Amen. I used to, um, we saw some manifestations of God's presence. And I, I was so young and full of zeal that I would just tell everybody of the manifestations that we were seeing. And I quickly realized that um, people get polarized with these type of things. So, uh, I stopped talking about manifestations. <laughs> but I said to the Lord, Lord, people will argue about the manifestation. But they can't argue if somebody gets healed. I said, Lord, I want to see healings. Confirm your word. I always, Lord, confirm your word. Heal the people. Set them free. Amen. And um, one of the, the constant prayers of my life is that God would do things in the meeting without somebody ministering. Because far too often people look to the prophet or the elder or the apostle or the man of God or this guy or that guy instead of looking to Jesus and then it actually ends up being a bit idolatrous. So... Like what we've seen this year, and it's an answer to a, a long prayer of the last 12 years. We see God moving in the meeting, doing things without anybody praying. You know, it, it started, um, I think, two months ago. Somebody went forward. There was a word. We have to talk about the works of the Lord. So if the Lord does something, testify, Okay. And I want the same thing to happen here. If God does something, testify. Because what happens when we testify, the atmosphere changes. I mean, you get your little word or your little picture, share it. Okay? Because it's from God. That changes the atmosphere. If something happens, breakthrough through prayer or a healing, testify. So we had a person come forward in, uh, in worship saying I came to church after having back pain for a few weeks. And I was worshiping and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm really tired of this back pain. Won't you just heal my back? And instantly he was healed. Didn't even pray it out loud. Went forward. This just happened. I was worshiping and saying, Lord, please heal my back. And the Lord healed my back. Whoop, and then worship goes up another level. Have you ever experienced that? The next week, a lady basically ran forward in tears, saying that I was just standing in the back, and I was feeling so unworthy and tired and not spiritual at all or anything, and then Jesus just delivered me. 
of my unforgiveness, of my anger, even some depression. Like nobody touched her, nobody prayed for her. And the power of that testimony for her was she didn't feel worthy. She wasn't good at, you know, performing in the church context. You know, some people seem to be able to perform better. Others feel like they can never measure up to everybody else around them. And she was like that. She instantly set free. And uh, so we started testifying. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing in the community. This is what he's doing here. And um, one of my community leaders uh, sends me a voice note. Sorry, I'm coming to church alone um, today because uh, my wife woke up and uh, woke up, and both her arms are paralyzed. It's <laughs> like, okay. Phone, speakerphone, pray in the name of Jesus. And uh, he didn't go to church alone that day. She doesn't know why she was paralyzed. Both arms were just like completely paralyzed and in pain. And the Lord just delivered her of that, whatever that was. Now, she didn't even want to testify, so I had to drag her to the front. You stand here. I'll say what happened. Um, and just think the Lord, two weeks ago, when I preached, we also got word, the lady, she had some type of reaction. They didn't know what it was. was rushed to hospital. Her face was swollen and paralyzed on one side. And um, so it's preach and ministry time, and I'm just running around putting my hands on as many heads as I can. And... Um, I didn't even really realize that it was her. I put my hand on her head and went past. And then I heard the testimony that the face was hanging on the one side. It was completely paralyzed. But the Lord instantly healed her. It was like immediate. And I'm praying for people and I hear the testimony. And... Um, you know, another lady in the community, she was saying to us, oh, we must please pray for a friend. Um, a, a friend, um, she just collapsed the one day, and she's here in the medi-clinic here in Durbanville, and they, they thought it was a heart attack, but she had like a, a cluster of strokes, so she had a massive brain hemorrhage. Um, and she's lying um, on life support in ICU and the family is fighting because they have to turn the machines off because the, the bill is just running up. You know, just please pray for mercy on the family and, you know, for grace and for wisdom and all that. Um, I said to her, look here, um, the Bible says if any among you are sick, call for an elder to come and pray. I said, I'm an elder. If you want me to come and pray, I'll come anytime. So just had to go through the process and speak to the family and everything. And they basically said that the, the hemorrhage was so massive that she's in a vegetative state. She's not there anymore. It's basically living, yeah, just in a vegetative state. So we went. Me and just a normal a friend, normal saint in the life of the church, and sat with her and prayed for her. And it was it was basically this: we're gonna pray and tick the box so that if nothing happens, they can just turn the machines off and then have the funeral. That was actually, but in my heart, I'm always trusting God. God, do things, show evidence, and. Um, week later, she started responding. I think a, a week later, she came out of a coma. 
A week later, vision came back to her left eye. A week later, in the right eye. A week later, she started speaking. She had no brain damage at all. Like the doctors are like dumbstruck. What happened here? No, people came and prayed in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's not possible for me to do that. Man, I, I don't have that. I don't even have the power for my own life. These are the type of things that happen when we believe in Jesus. When we bear witness of his kingdom. Amen. When we start to pray for each other. When we are saying, Lord, bring evidence. Do something. Do something, God. Amen. You know, I don't want to... I've got lots of testimonies and I hide most of them in my heart because I don't want people to think that I'm something special, but... I'm sharing these things so that we can see that they are real, that they are there and that they are available. I mean, for 10 years or 12 years now, I've seen people being healed in the name of Jesus. I've seen demons come out of people. I've seen people set free. We've seen people being filled with the Holy Spirit, being saved, being transformed, receiving spiritual gifts. That's why we are here. Amen. I've come here today to encourage, and to activate, and to impart. And I can't do that except by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who's hungry for that? My last scripture is from Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you, Durbanville Central, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in this church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.